You're recording now? Yeah, I'm recording now. <laughs> You pressed the button? <laughs> I did, I pressed the button. Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another voyage here in, um, um, in your ears, I suppose. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, not the Commodore, um, contrary to popular belief. And joining me today is um, um, some laugh, laughing dude that likes to yell things at people because why not? That's my number one, Lieutenant Commander Eric. How you doing, man? I need to compose myself right now because we just had a really good laugh. <laughs> like Your reaction to my statement made me laugh even more. <laughs> And what was that statement, Eric? <laughs> well, we were talking about how to pronounce the, the title of this episode, because it's in Klingon, and uh, as much of a Star Trek fan and nerd as I am, I don't speak Klingon. So we were like, and I was just like, let's just shout the first letter and then mumble the rest. And then I was like, then I, it's this, it's this joke that I've seen on the internet before. It was like, life is short, so tell someone you love them today. But shout it at them in Klingon, because life is also terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and if that isn't the truth. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> so true. Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Wow, yes, yes. Um, we will definitely be talking about this particular episode, this um, Wesh Douche um, episode. Oh, that was good, I like that. Wesh Douche, yeah. Episode um, of Lauren Dex here pretty soon. Um, but before that, we have to go to the lodge meeting. We have to talk about Jensen at the lodge meeting. So, what's been going on, dude? How's your week? Uh, I had a pretty good week. Um, I went to the opera for the first time on Tuesday. Oh yeah. First time ever. Yeah, it was it was a very adult evening. Like went to work, then after work I went we got cocktails and then went to the opera. It was like very adult. Right? That's like nice. when did I become like a serious adult? Like cocktails and opera. How about that? Look at you. You're, I know, you are look not at me all fancy and stuff. You are not uncultured swine. I'm so proud of you. I am definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we went and saw. We went and saw. Um, it was the final, the final rehearsal for uh, Don Giovanni, which they're okay. playing here in San Antonio. It opened. It opened on Thursday, but we went to the final rehearsal on Tuesday. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. One of the people that went with us, who she is like a big fan of the opera, she's like, yeah, this was like an abridged version. There's probably like a few, like three or four arias that got cut. But it was, she said, you know, it was a pretty, pretty good performance. She liked it. And she's a big opera fan, so I enjoyed it. And I thought it was good. Very cool. That's very cool. I've, you know, I've never been to an opera um, that I can remember. Uh, I think the closest I've been to an opera, and people are, might throw things at me like tomatoes and rotten lettuce and stuff, is Hamilton. That's a, a musical play. That's not mm. an opera. Mm Hold on. You said you were not uncultured swine. I'm about to, to drop some, some facts on you, bro. Okay. So, opera, opera, right? It's continuous singing. 
if we're going with, with a very basic definition of it. A musical, there's lines of dialogue, and the people that, singing are, that are singing don't necessarily know that they're singing, but the singing advances the plot. Opera, the whole story is told through song. So Hamilton, in this case, would be considered like opera, technically speaking, but people also call it hip-hopera, which I'm okay with. So what about, like, Les Mis? I know the stage play of Les Mis is, like, all sung through, right? And that's would, just how the story is told. I would technically, I would consider it um, opera. Well, okay. Maybe. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's not like the, like the... But is it in, is it in a foreign language? Like, you normally no. think of your opera, your, you know, your Italian, your... I mean, some people would consider rap a foreign language, I'm just saying. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Fair. But like, I, I actually had this conversation with uh, one of my friends about Hamilton. Uh, not to take away from your experience, um, but yeah, I mean, like, whether, whether we whether we agree or disagree, I me, mean, it's it's whatever. Um, I just I think it's cool that you were able to check out a uh, an opera and have that experience. That sounds that sounds pretty neat. Yeah, it was fun. Very cool. Well. Um, so my, my daughter recently found um, some like ballet looking dresses and stuff from like storage, like from clothes that people have given us and stuff in the past. And almost every day that she's gotten home from daycare, she wants to put it on and then she'll be like, daddy, you gotta watch my ballet. And I'm like, all right, kiddo, let's watch it. So she'll like do it in the, in the kitchen where like I'm making dinner or living room, whatever. And, uh, she recently uh, like started really enjoying ballet music and stuff so the the Nutcracker is actually going to be coming to the uh, the Bass Performance Hall here in the, uh, the Fort Worth area here pretty pretty soonish uh, like with the holidays coming up so we might actually take her to see uh, the Nutcracker and see how she actually uh, responds to ballet yeah you know I think we went to that one time when I was as a family, when I was young, at the Whiting in Flint, okay. mm-hmm. like in the '90s, right, 20, 25, 26 years ago, probably, yeah, something, something like that, right, in the '90s. Like, I'm fairly certain we did, yeah, at one point. Nice, nice. Well, that's cool. I, uh, I, I really want to. Um, the the weight of my heart, by the way, besides listening to this show, is is just music. Okay, like I love, love, love music, and um, if anyone wants to get me like a season pass to like a symphony orchestra or something, I'm cool with that. I'm just saying. I mean, I will, I will love you forever <laughs> until I don't, uh, type of thing. <laughs> and uh, anyway, there's there's like quite a few cool shows coming um, that my wife and I were talking about going to, and. Um, one of them is going to be like this this pops like special like so many different kinds of like soundtrack type stuff uh being performed over you know a quarter a year whatever it is so there's like stuff like back to the future um star wars like a lot of like just like just like an orchestra playing the soundtrack yeah yeah okay so like just not the soundtrack but like the musical score as live mm -hmm. as you're watching the movie or is it just the orchestra because i've no. seen i've seen that before yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. of that idea before yeah like it, w- it wouldn't be like 
timed or like synced with the movie or anything. It would just be like performing like just okay. the arrangements, the score of of the of the movie basically. So sure. there's like there's one like that's going to be strictly John Williams. There's going to be one that's going to be like John Williams esque with a Harry Potter specific one, which I know my wife is really excited about. So look at us. We're talking about being all cultured and stuff, but I know. Man, what's up with that? That's <laughs> what happens uh, when you grow up. You get cultured, right? Dad gummit, and I don't like it. <laughs> I want my youth back. <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't want to go back to that. No, I don't I don't either. I no. 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 I don't wanna relive stuff. Stuff. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. I don't want to yeah. relive certain <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Good idea. So, anyway. Well, cool, man. Um, so we are we're near the end of um, of this of this show, and um, you know this is this was episode nine that we just that we're about to talk about, and um, of course we have the season finale coming up, and then we get a week off. Uh, from from that, and then we're on to Prodigy, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, and this, this did, season kind of did feel like it went pretty fast. Yeah, and guess what? Speaking of this season, my um, my wife just started watching Lower Decks herself, like independent of me. Okay. And um, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I don't care. Like, she's been like, you know, taking care of our our newborn son, and um. You know, like while I'm like in the office, like doing like my counseling or my teaching or whatever, she's just hanging out with him, feeding him, taking care of him, and she's like powering through stuff. I think like she's watched all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She watched all of like Middle Earth stuff, like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, I believe. Um, she rewatched Chuck. Um, like she powered Chuck through is, Chuck. Chuck I is love great. Chuck. I love Chuck. Good show. I don't like. The, I don't like how it ends. That's just me. Eh, it's fine. It's not my favorite. It's fine. It's fine. And uh, I just love that. Like Chuck's mom is Sarah Connor. Sorry. And oopsie Chuck's, poopsie. Chuck's dad is um, Captain Archer. Captain, Ar- Captain Archer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um. So and like she powered through uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, and like just some other stuff. So like, you know, when you're, when you're watching a baby, you know, all day, every day for like three months now, um, you got to entertain yourself. And she's like in this show hole. She's like, what do I watch next? And I'm like, you could, yeah. So I'm like, you could watch Star Trek. And she's like, you know, I actually do want to give Lower Decks a try. And she thinks Lower Decks is hilarious. So like she's, she's loving Lower Decks so far. She just started on season one. So she fin- she finished season one and she's um, I think midway through season two right now. Okay, all right. And she so. thinks it's hilarious. She thinks it's yeah. She thinks it's pretty darn funny. So okay, all right. I'm like cool, cool. And like I'll I'll pop in. I'll be like oh this is the one. And then I'm like, mm, mm. don't say a thing. Don't say a thing. Because then, <laughs> then she looks over at you and like, right. She gives you I that mean, glare. Like you better not spoil this for me. Right. I mean like she's like she's. Like, first off, she's nowhere near as big of a Trek fan as I am. Okay. Sure. Like, I don't, like, she likes Star Trek, but, like, she's not obsessed with it like we are, basically, or like our listeners are. And that's fine. 
Um, so she's, I mean, she's seen me like, like watch the episodes before. So she knows like some stuff, but like it's disconnected. Right. Um, like of course she knew Riker was coming at the end of season one. Um, because yeah. I watched the Titan coming in to save the day, like 13,000 <laughs> times, yeah. like everyone else did basically. Uh, yeah. So, uh-huh. um, but yeah, I mean, she's, she's enjoying it. Um, like, so between her, um, wanting, um, I don't remember I told told y'all this or said this on the show, but uh, when when this um, pandemic ends, air quotes, right, um, and we're able to do like conventions more safely, she she thinks it would be really funny for her to dress up as Una, like wearing like the the um, Strange New Worlds uniform and me wearing my Riker uniform and us like going to convention both as number one. She just thinks that'd be hilarious, and I'm like, let's do it. I'm all for it. I will yeah. find the costume. I will buy it for you, and we will do this. Yeah. I love you even more. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was possible after 10 years, but I love you <laughs> even more, honey. Yeah, that's cool. That's neat. Couples uniform. Yeah. Couples there outfits, costumes, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Totally. Totally. And I ha- I just started recently wa- re-watching um, Star Trek Enterprise, and I realized something. Like, I've been wanting to, like, tweet some stuff and, like, say some stuff on social media, about like Enterprise, but then I'm like, I don't want people to think that that this show is strictly dedicated to Enterprise just by virtue of the name of our show. <laughs> so, hey. you know, it is what it is. All right. Twitter away. Twitter away. Twitter away. By the way, uh, for everyone in listener land that might not be following us on the Twitter, um, the poll that we ran last time. I know we talked about it briefly at the end of last episode, um, and I think it was at like 400-some-odd votes last week. Uh, that poll ended with 925 votes, which blew my mind. Blew my mind. Those, where did all those people come from? I, the, the, the Twitterverse, right? Like The, the Twitterverse? The Twitterverse, the Twitter sphere. I don't know, man. The ether? So yeah, like 925 votes. So fi- final count um, was Mariner uh, winning. Um, you know who your favorite Star Trek's lower decks uh, lower decker is at 31%. Uh, Tendi in second place with 28% of the vote. Voimler third place with 27% of the vote, and Rutherford dead last 14%. Which Rutherford's That's, my man. Yeah. I love Rutherford. Rutherford's my favorite lower decker out of the four. Yeah, I mean, I understand Mariner being the the number one because she's the main character, and that makes sense to me. Sure. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, we did we did run another poll. Um, it wasn't as wildly popular as um, that one, but we'll we'll talk about that poll towards the end just to keep y'all um, waiting That's with bated breath. It. That's what they call a tease. That's right. I'm such a tease, aren't I, Eric? <laughs> Such a teeth. Oh I want to know. I want to know now because you know I haven't seen the Twitter thing. <laughs> I haven't seen the Twitter. <laughs> I haven't seen the Twitter thing. <laughs> All right. Well, um, everyone, this is your red alert. Okay. All hands to battle stations as we go forth boldly? Question mark into talking about this episode of Star Trek Lower Decks season two, episode nine. Wesh douche. Wesh douche. Which. For all y'all non-Klingon-speaking peeps, that means three ships. And um, and we definitely see at least three ships in this episode. Uh, 
spoilers, by the way, kind of. Um, anyway, so I guess let's just let's just have some fun with this and like talk about this episode. So penultimate episode. I know people probably are sick and tired of hearing penultimate, but that's what it is. Second to last episode of this season, and yeah, um, there's a. I don't really know like how to describe the storylines. It seems kind of like so, all over the place a little yeah, so bit. Yeah, this is this is one of those classic like day off episodes. Cheers to you that. Know, I, I was I was always thinking like, do you think there's a weekend when you're serving on a starship, or are you just do you just go to work every day all every day of the week, or do you think you get your two day weekend? I mean, I would hope so. I don't. I don't think you do though. I I mean. I would be shocked if they got a weekend, which means that life on a starship would be awful. You just go to work every day. True story. <laughs> like I know, like, oh, I want to serve on the Enterprise. Do you? Do you really? Do you though? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> no, but classic day off episode. There's there's lots of them. Um, and thinking like Data's Day is one that comes to mind. It's a mm-hmm. classic day off episode. There's the, like. The Fairhaven episodes in Voyager, which I know some people don't like Fairhaven. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but they're fun, right? Mm-hmm. There's a there's an episode of Stargate Atlantis. It's literally called Sunday is the name of the episode where they like are fo- everyone. It's like a take the day off. No one's working today, which is a, a really great episode. Mm-hmm. Tragic ending. That's what, also what they call a tease. Go watch Stargate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that the one that I think it is? Episode. I think, yeah. Atlantis, right? Yes. And it may or may not have involved um, health personnel? Yes. That's yeah, the yeah. That straight up broke my heart. Yeah, it did. Anyway, classic day off episode. There's lots of them. I mean, there's that episode in Voyager, another Voyager episode, it's just called Night, which I think is a really underrated episode where they're going through the void and they're going to be in it for like two years or something and so they're just at constant warp and they gotta take some time off that's where we were introduced to Captain Proton in that episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so classic day off episode long warp trip nothing to do right right um, yeah and, and we have and part of like what we're seeing in this and, and I, don't, I don't know how strict we really want to be like with talking about the story just cause like this was a I think this was a very relaxed episode um, I, I, I think this episode hit pretty well, kind of spoilers right now, but, um, like you just, you have like some lower deckers connecting with like the senior officers, like their, uh, what was it called? Like your, your, uh, bridge buddy, your bridge buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, I, I kind of like this idea of, of like the, the, um, lower ranks connecting with the higher ranks and just kind of just chilling and have a good time together and uh yeah yeah you know like um <clears throat> tendy she's going rock climbing right with um i know yeah that's why i started there y'all can't can't see this if you're just in listener land but chase is wearing his go climb a rock shirt i sure am right so you know tendy is you know on the holodeck rock climbing with dr taana right trying to like bond with your boss um, I, I don't know where Billups was in this episode, but, you know, um, Rutherford is off with Shax doing his pottery class. Um, the Mariner and the Captain are having 
family time, I guess. Mandatory fun with the captain. <laughs> mandatory fun with the captain. Mandatory. I think she just said hanging out, right? Right. Right, yeah. So they're doing their thing, and they just, they left, they left boy, they left Bradward behind. He's like, oh, you all have a bridge buddy. Like, making friends with a commander can really help your career. And we know that's what Boimler cares about. So Very now much. he's trying to be Mr. Mr. Suckup, I guess, for lack of a better word, to find his bridge buddy for the day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, you know, things don't go well right away. I love this. <laughs> not, not, a, not at all. Um, like, he ends up, what, triggering, like, we're going to go out of, out of order, but, like, he ends up triggering shacks uh, <laughs> at some point, like, in, a, in, a, in the pottery class. Like, come on now. No, I love that. He's like, but did you learn pottery on Bajor? What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you think I had time for pottery? Resisting fascism is a full-time job. <laughs> and you know Shax, Shax, he loved the occupation because you, we know from season one, he was just like, let me target their warp core. Let me target their warp core. He was that gung-ho, you know, fighter guy. Right, right. He was in his element. Mm-hmm. Loving every single second of it. Take out your anger into the pottery wheel. <laughs> I'm going to make an ashtray shaped like a puppy. Aw, puppies. <laughs> no, that, see, this, this is the type of joke that I think lands really well like it really there does. have been a lot of jokes in this show that i don't think have landed but this landed so good this whole that whole it was it was a short scene it was like a minute probably but it was it was pure gold the entire pottery scene i know we're totally out of order but that scene we, gold absolutely and and look look low-hanging fruit for me rutherford was on screen okay i got to see my boy rutherford doing some pottery and he was doing pretty darn good. Oh, puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't well, love puppies? I mean, right? Right? Oh, goodness. Goodness, goodness. Well, I, I, I hope I don't... Um, I mean, we're, we're already going out of order. That's fine. But um, if we want to talk about, like, potentially another joke that I, I thought landed well is going back to the rock climbing scene. Okay. So, um, Dr. Tahana, right, and Tendi, they're climbing El Capitan. It's like a shot-for-shot, shot, like, exact thingamajig as Final Frontier with Captain Kirk climbing El Capitan. And freaking Boimler has, like, those little boots those, on, like, the rocket boots on. The rock, Spock rocket boots, yep. Yeah, wearing the Go Climb a Rock long-sleeve shirt, like, with the quilting, quilted neck and, and arms and sleeves and whatever. Um, and and like the, the whole thing about like, hey, are the safety protocols on? I don't know. I don't and, know. Maybe. And freaking freaking Boimler just like his one of the boots gives out. He falls, much like Kirk was um, was gonna fall, but then lands in a tree, and the boot goes off and like slams him into the tree. I just thought that that whole thing was funny. I, I no, love that. It was. It was. It was really funny. Um, there were a <laughs> lot of of. Star Trek movie references in this episode. Very I much think so. more so than we have seen from in the past. You know, it's been more 
episode references, but this one was heavy on the movies. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially, yeah. yeah, literally a shot-for-shot scene of the beginning of Star Trek V. Mm-hmm. Which, love it or hate it, it's <laughs> it's there. I think, I mean, look. It gets I better the second time. Final Frontier, it's not as bad as you think it is, people. No, it's not. Um, it might, It's potentially the weakest of of all the movies potentially but it's it's not that bad there's a good story in there uh yeah there is i think the idea is interesting i just don't think it executes as well as it could sure and um you know in fact just a little side um side trail for a second i was telling um eric and i think i was telling david too in one of our like our group texts or whatever like that i've really been wanting to go back and just like really watch Final Frontier like I've been really getting back like wanting to watch Final Frontier so I don't know maybe we'll do like a little Final Frontier like something or another here in the coming months Uh, I mean I got the shirt for crying out loud so I mean why not yeah so uh, if I can just get the bomber jacket man I got the jeans on I got the shirt I just need the bomber jacket and I got my Kirk cosplay down I'm good good so anyway but like okay so yeah we we have like this like this bridge buddy situation going on and at some point during this um like they're like i wonder what oh, it's like being a yeah, go ahead. Can, can, before, yeah yeah I, I, before, can we just talk through the rest of the, the little bridge buddy scene yeah, yeah this go ahead. before we do the the wedge douche wedge douche wedge douche yeah no so like um what is it it's Mariner and, and Freeman, they're they're playing Velocity, right? The game we saw literally one time in a Star Trek Voyager episode that Seven and Captain Janeway were playing, and they're, like, just yelling at each other the whole time. And I don't know how much you believe in catharsis as, like, a strategy, you or anybody, but I feel like it's a very cathartic exercise for them at that moment. And Boimler just accidentally walks in on it. He's like, nope, nope, let me get out. Let me get out. Let me get, get out of here. Open the door. Open the door. <laughs> I just, to me, that lands too. He's like, nope, nope, not not getting involved in this. And like nope. the door won't open. He's like, right. get me out of here. <laughs> so, okay. I think yeah, that for, lands. It does. It does. And, and if, if we're just going to like get through like the bridge buddy stuff, right? Like with the Cerritos. Um, of course, like of course, we have um, Boimler, like kind of defeated, who, like, runs into Ransom in a in a turbo lift with some other officers, right? Like, um, uh, someone from a, Benzar. A, a, is it Benzar? Benzite, Benzite, yeah. And um, and then somebody who I've never seen before, I don't think. Right, and uh, talking about like Hawaii, and he's just trying to be, he's just being Boimler, like yeah. trying to make conversation, and they think he's from Hawaii, and. Um, yeah, go go get like your Hawaiian shirt on and meet us in the holodeck. We're gonna have a good old time. Yeah. And he's like, "Yes, finally, I got my bridge buddy." And look, I just thought it was hilarious that like everyone was from Hawaii, right? Like that, like the ben, the, the Benzite, even the Benzite, <laughs> from Hawaii. I mean, he could have been born on Earth, you know. He could have, right? He could have. I know. Um, it's like, possible. Everyone just accepts it. Doesn't like wait. Hawaii? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And they go to their luau. And, and at one point, 
Boingler's like, ah, I don't know. I feel like I'm part of a group, but I don't want to lie to Ransom. I don't want him to have figured it out. And and then, um, what, as um, Tendy says to him, would you rather, like, um, them like you, or would you rather tell the truth? And he's like, shows up, like, for him, he'd rather them like him at that point. Absolutely. At that point. And he shows up, and he's like, got the nervous sweats when he shows up to the holodeck. Mm-hmm. Show do. And, uh, anyway, we have to kind of, like, hit a pause on the Cerritos stuff for right now. But, uh, for, by the way, for all the runners out there, okay, like, um, Eric, you know that I've been training for a 5K, and, um, I'll be running that, um, end of October. I... So I'm part of, like, um, a couple different, like, Star Trek, like, fitness groups. Like, there's one called, um, I think, like, Body by Starfleet or something like that, like, on Facebook. And, um, I, of course, I have, like, a bunch of Star Trek fans. And we were recently talking about what Mariner was wearing. And, like, some folks are like, where can I get this? Where can I get this outfit? And it's just, like, you know, like a, a black tank, um, some black, like, gym shorts, like, with white trim and, like, the Delta on it, a headband and some wristbands and... I'm like, wouldn't it be that difficult to piece that together? No, I mean, if if you're if you're want to do an easy Star Trek, an easy and comfortable Star Trek cosplay, do that, do that. And if I'm not mistaken, the the shoes that Captain Freeman is wearing, the sneaker she's wearing with the Delta on it, the blue ones, I believe, um, that's actually on um, the Star Trek shop website, or at least it was at one point. Um, if not, I'm sure you can get it like on Etsy here pretty quick. But um, now, now we have at least two ship T-shirts that are considered canon, right? We have like the disco shirt. The, yeah, and then the Ritos, like the Rito shirt. The clearly a play on the disco shirt. Right. So I don't know if they're making fun of disco or or not, but hey, whatever. I think it's just one of those. Hey, look, I've seen Star Trek before. Look at how much I know about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just wanted to point that out. Like, if you're interested in doing Star Trek cosplay and you don't want to do the uniforms or can't afford the uniforms, you could literally put everything together at Goodwill or like a Walmart, Target, something like really easily. Just saying. Yeah. Um, okay, so up to this point, like we, we've kind of like we've kind of focused on Cerritos so far, but with this show, like the name, right? It it's three ships like it's it's Klingon for three ships and if I'm not mistaken the first ship that we go to after like the lower deckers are like essentially I wonder what it's like to be a lower decker on um, a different ship basically so we go to like Klingons and we see the Klingon lower deckers and they're like sleeping in hammocks dude hammocks in the hallway in the hallway right (laughs) yeah it's like it's like an identical like situation you've got I feel like you've got the same members of the group. You know, you've got the main Klingon that we follow is the Boimler of the group. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm sure there's one of them there that's the Mariner of the group who tries to get out of work. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a, they, there's the four of them. There's the one. There's, like, there's the Boimler. He's the Boimler right. of the group. <laughs> so um, I'm probably going to butcher the, this name, but was it, um, help me out, Eric. Was it Mach? Mach? Was I that the it was na- like Ma'an or something. Uh, anyway. I, I don't know. It's so Klingon. The, I don't know how Klingon to Boimler. It's Klingon Boimler. Yeah, Klingon Boimler. 
And um, of course, he's like you said, he's doing the thing that um, that Boimler's trying to do, just trying to be liked, trying to you know, you know, have some favor, whatever, like get liked into a promotion, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, kind of be the suck up and get noticed so that he can get promoted somehow. That's the Boimler. Mm-hmm. That's the Boimler right there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, we have this like kind of questionable kind of Klingon captain commander person, right? Um, kind of being kind of weird and shady a little bit, doing some potentially questionable but also on par Klingon stuff. Um, you know, uh, he's got like his targ, right? He's got his targ that's like hanging out with him and everything. Uh, we have this like older Klingon, and by the way, like the. Um, because like the the other captain had been taken out, you know, like that's how you like ascend rank and position and uh, uh, develop honor and stuff like that as part of the Klingon warrior culture. Um, by the way, I'm looking for a new first officer. So like you see like this older kind of I think graying or already grayed uh, Klingon, right? That's maybe vying for it as well. And um, you have like this like Klingon Boimler who is trying to to maybe do that too thinking he's just going to do all these cool things like be honorable and he'll get it and i love this i i don't know why i thought it was so funny but like we need more blood wine go get us some type of thing and he's like oh okay fine Uh, go walk my targ (laughs) (laughs) no like like they're talking first of all but even before we get to the bridge they're talking about all like the crap jobs that they get assigned just like our lower deckers do and they're like oh don't talk to me about gawk i have to go clear clean out the barrel of gawk <laughs> <laughs> like it's like i get this literally crap job here <laughs> and I love right that. And then and then they're like assigning our klingon boimler hey go get us more blood wine go walk my targ do all these little like insignificant jobs though but it, it works for me. Like, cause this is like, we've seen episodes on Klingon ships before. I mean, I think Soldiers of the Empire is the one that, that definitely comes to mind from Deep Space Nine, where Martok, you know, gets his first command after he comes back, mm-hmm. right? And he's hesitant at first, and all of the crew are like, they're like, they have no victories in battle to show during the war. And now they're like, spirits are low, right? That's like a really good, you know, Klingon ship episode, right? And then this just feels like it's at home in that same vein. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to like do all the Klingon stuff right now. If you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the other ship. So, what's the other ship, Eric? It is a Vulcan science vessel. Absolutely it is. Right. <laughs> I, we need more Vulcan ships. Like, I like we need more Vulcan ships in Star Trek. I'm sorry. This is this is fantastic. All of these scenes on this Vulcan ship made my Star Trek heart so happy. <laughs> Every single one of these scenes was just amazing. They're, like, just standing around after we get off our second duty shift. Because, of course, they have a second duty shift, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you like to play some chess? I am available for chess. 
Like, like, why is that funny? It just is, right? <laughs> it just is funny. Everything then, landed so well with and that. Then she's, and then it's like, I, uh, there, I am reading some anomalous readings here. Like, those readings are nothing to be concerned with. It's like, but they're different, so we should check them out. It's only logical. Like, that was not your duty to work to work on those. <laughs> And then, and then I have to go tell the captain. It's like, she has lost all control. <laughs> like, I mean, like, just like, yes, that's a Vulcan losing control. Like, not doing their assigned duties, going straight to the captain. She has lost all control. That's right. Like, why, why, why is that funny? It just is. And, and, and we, need more, we need more Vulcan stuff. Right. Yeah, so, so the one that's, like, kind of coming unhinged right at, um is um to Lynn. yeah and man like when she started saying some stuff like um gut feeling right and instinct um, instinct um i was like oh this isn't gonna be good like part of me was like either you're not actually a vulcan like you're you're a romulan or maybe like you're you're like a Valeris. I was getting like some major Valeris vibes from her. I don't know about you, dude. No, I just thought she was a Vulcan that you know was questioning things. What whatever it was, like I enjoyed her character. It was just a yeah. bre- like her character was just a breath of fresh air for me. Yeah, <laughs> and then she goes to the captain and she logics the captain into going to alter course by 1.7 degrees. It's like, <laughs> of course, one point. It's a, yes, we're altering our course 1.7 degrees. <laughs> and then he's like, do not take my actions to mean I approve of your, your actions. Do not take my command to mean I'm approving of you doing this. Right, right. And he's like, you will spend the next two days in silent meditation. Because like, of course, that's no, a won't. Vulcan. That's a Vulcan punishment, right? <laughs> Go meditate for two days. No, I will not. Type of no, thing. No, I will not. Yeah. Look, okay, I'm about to make this like not funny, but I think you'll appreciate this. Um, you know, like especially like from like a Vulcan perspective. But like you and I, um, we spent a lot of time on our weekends growing up in the woods, camping, going places, doing it like adventures wherever like in Michigan or elsewhere and I don't know about you but um, apart from learning how to use a compass um, I got the orienteering merit badge did you get orienteering yeah I did okay so one thing that we learn that I'm sure maybe some of our listeners are aware of too is like you gotta really you know make sure you're you're orienting you know everything properly because you might think you're going here, but like if you're off by just a little bit, it's going to send you like way off the map or in a completely different direction of the map. So like I appreciated that, like you know, from an orienteering perspective, like yeah, if you're not using your compass right, you think you're going to go to point A, but in reality you're going to go to point QR or something like that. Right. So I, I like that. I mean, that that's very Vulcan, but it's also so very true from an orienteering perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, and then she goes to meditation, and she brings her work with her, because Vulcans Why not? work everywhere. Why not? <laughs> right? And then, like, 
I were, I'm going to inform the Vulcan High Command of your actions here. <laughs> I mean, go for it. Go this, for this, it. This is Vulcans arguing. Like, like I love this. Is like, imagine like this on the Klingon ship, right? There would be fisticuffs, but like this is that same level of of argument. It's just mm-hmm. Vulcan arguing, and I love it. This is just it's it's perfect. Right, and and I think it was later that day. I was watching again. I was saying at the beginning of this show that I was um, I've been rewatching Star Trek Enterprise, and um, uh, I'm in season one right now so I just watched the Andorian incident if you haven't watched the Andorian incident from Enterprise you need to go watch it but that's like I saw that happening in the Andorian incident like like with how they, they argue um, like with like that very stoic logical arguing like when T'Pol is like talking with the people there at the, the monastery of Pajem and stuff and, and just how that all plays out and like, she, like this she, is so one, true at one point she was like I don't know why the priests are so agitated. <laughs> like, wait, that's what? agitated. <laughs> that's agitated. <laughs> oh, good grief! Good grief! So, yeah, we, we're we're almost at like the punchline for like like these different storylines, right? Um, but of course, we have this other ship. Not, I don't think it's necessarily part of like the three ships thing. I, I think no. the three ships are supposed to be Cerritos, the Vulcan ship, and the Klingon ship, right? Yes. Um, but, dude, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> I don't think this was supposed to work, but it, it 100% worked for me. The pack leads show up, okay? And part of what's happening, like we, we see like their lower decks too, because why not? But then there's a red alert, but it's not called a red alert with the packlets. Red alarm. Red, red alarm. alarm. <laughs> <Yeah>, red alarm. <laughs> yep. Goodness. And the, the name of the packlet ship is just packlet ship. Ship. <laughs> like like pack like. The name of the Packlet Planet from a couple of weeks ago was just Packlet Planet. Planet. <laughs> <laughs> and no, like the thing is, we get to this Packlet ship because our Klingon captain is, you know, secretly arming the Packlets, and he's the one who's behind their push to be aggressive. And I, I said this in episode two earlier this season when we were on the Titan, and um went down to this colony with where before Boimler got um, like duplicated, right? Not mm-hmm. dupled, not dupled, but transporter duplicated, right? Right. Um, the packleds were were using Klingon hand disruptors. And I saw it, noticed at the time, and I mentioned it on the podcast. And I know that we said, well, let's pay attention to see if that actually means something. And now... It means something. It 100% does, yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a really good payoff from earlier in the season. I do remember you saying that um, earlier earlier um, in our discussion. So, yeah, and um, so there's, like, some major shenanigans that are going on. Um, like, probably, I might go a little out of order, so just give me a little runway with this. But, like, we, we find out, of course, like, the Klingons are involved and... Um, uh, 
Klingon Boimler, uh, Mach, or however you pronounce his name, I'm sorry, y'all, that actually know how to pronounce it. Um, he has been named the the um, the first officer uh, with this captain, but he's like kind of like stuck because you know he's he's a lower ranking person of sorts, right? Like he doesn't have as much experience as like everyone else that's on the bridge, and he's noticing some shenanigans, and he doesn't think that the the folks are like the Klingons. That particular Klingon, the Klingon captain, is being honorable. Like he's not being. An honorable Klingon at he's all. Act, he's acting more like a Romulan. Mm-hmm. Right? Which we know, we know Klingons hate Romulans, by the way. Right. Uh, most of them, aside from one one house. Um, but yeah, he's acting more like a Romulan in that he's like using someone else to fight their battles. And this, this Klingon Boimler, Mach, or whatever, who's yeah, now been the first officer, who's now in a position to directly challenge the captain for his perception of the captain behaving dishonorably. Mm-hmm. Right? Klingons don't have other people fight their battles for them. Right. That's not honor. He is without honor. Yes. Yeah. So before we get to like the final blow up of what happens with, with the Klingon ship, at some point we have... Um, we have the, the the Vulcan ship that arrives. We also have the Cerritos that's arriving. Um, so we have like all these ships that are all like right. They're all right next to each other. And I guess kind of going back to the the Cerritos, we're we're having a bunch of like revelations, like with um, like with the bridge buddies and stuff, and particularly with like rans like the ransom crew, right? That are having the luau attacks are happening. And it's this like moment of truth type of thing of like I'm not actually from Hawaii. Neither are we. <laughs> Neither are we. But we all are from a moon. <laughs> you know they say Modesto is the the moon of California. Modesto is not a moon. If you were from a moon, you would know you how would know. insulting that is. Like, it's like, it was like, we don't care where we're all from. And then now uh, we do care where we're all from. Like that. <laughs> like, like that. And back to like kicking Boimler. Oh, man. Oh, man. But and everyone. Even... No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say like, and everyone's like just rushing to their battle stations, like in their like, you know, off duty garb. Like we see I, someone like. I think like, this was, I think this was Billups in a Renaissance fair outfit, right? <laughs> I think that was. <laughs> and then you see somebody, people in their Ambo Jitsu outfits with their big Q-tips. Right. Some guy walks out in like a smoking jacket. I'm not sure what that was a reference to. Shax is still wearing his pottery apron whenever he's right. at the tactical station. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, man. And, and then so it's funny. It's funny. Mariner and the captain, they're playing future Clue, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, of course, Clue is thing in the future, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the chef with the sniper rifle that shoots through the walls, which I actually, I like that one. That one was like, it was almost like a quick throwaway line. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, hey, let's draw attention to this, but it mm-hmm. was just a fun little quick moment that I appreciated. Yeah. And then they have to go back to work and Mariner's like, yes, let's go back to work. Wait, did I just say that? <laughs> like that's a great joke. 
So that's a great joke. It really is. Like actually hearing Mariner say, "Yeah, let's go back to work," because like she's just so fed up with being around her mom. Yeah. Captain Mom. <laughs> oh. So, anyways, pack leads end up like firing on the Cerritos. Um, Klingon ship is is joining in. Mm-hmm. And then we, of course, we have like the Vulcans who've altered their course by 1.7 degrees, come into the nick of time with their like their glowing, really cool techno technological stuff um, to save the day. And yeah, it's t- it's it's good. Do you believe that a Vulcan science vessel? Would have shields and weapons capable of defending themselves against a Klingon bird of prey? I mean, I don't know. I mean, unless we think it's... Especially if, like, I I feel like an actual Starfleet vessel, right? Whether Whatever you think of the Cerritos and its place in the hierarchy is still a Starfleet vessel, which has to have weapons and, and shields. And I would think a Starfleet vessel would have better weapons and shields than a Vulcan science vessel. I mean, it's possible unless... I mean, I mean, we do see that the Vulcan vessel is bigger, significantly bigger, so maybe it's able to take more damage because it can, you know, disperse it over its size, maybe? Maybe. But what if... I don't know, maybe, I'm, maybe we're just thinking about this too much, but... Um, I mean, what if it is like an Andorian incident kind of thing, right? Like, maybe it's it's a science vessel, air quotes, right? But it's actually doing some kind of, like, reconnaissance or something. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It feels like a science vessel. It, it yeah. But, but okay, here's the thing. Like, Talyn, she she had this thing. Um, how did she yeah, put it? Like, the project she was working on. Yeah, it's the project where it, it can, like, basically... Uh, like restore like the shield harmonics and whatever uh, with with their vessel, and um, they're very questioning of like, are we actually gonna use this? Okay, fine, we'll we'll use it, and it actually works, uh, which is really cool. And um, Vulcans end up saving the day, and um, uh, the Packlets flee. Well, but before the Packlets flee, the the um, the, the first officer. The, for the, the Klingon Boimler, he he in public, you know, calls out the captain, and they get into a fight. And the Targ that he was nice to and walked helps him defeat the captain, kill the captain, and he takes over and he says, "We have to be honorable, right? Do the honorable thing and not act like a Romulan." He doesn't say act like a Romulan. That, that's just that was implied. Like I heard that in my mind as soon as he said mm-hmm. that you're acting without honor. You're acting like a Romulan. It's like you know. <laughs> And, he's like, and then the, the Klingons flee, and once the Klingons flee, the Packlets realize soon after they have to flee, too. Right. And, um, and, and of course, like, Freeman and everyone are like, why would the Klingons flee? Like, what's Don't going on? Don't they want to die in battle? Yeah, like, that's what they want, <laughs> type of thing. Um, anyway, so Packlets, Klingons, they get the heck out of Dodge, and I, lo- I don't know why I love this so much, but I do. Oh. Like the 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 the, the Vulcan captain um, hails uh, the Cerritos and Freeman. Well, I, think, I think Freeman hails hails him. Okay, yeah, the other way, yeah, other way around. Um, there's a hail involved, and they're they're yep. talking to each other. And um, do you require any assistance? No, I think we're good. 
and transmission. Boop. See yeah, you later. And I, and I see no further point in this conversation. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was hilarious. Like, Vulcans are hilarious. I know, like, they don't have emotion, but they are hilarious. Like, there's a moment. There's a moment in in Enterprise, going back to Enterprise, because I think that's where we see the most Vulcans. Um, it's in season four, and um, the ambassador. Oh my God. Saval. What is Saval? Ambassador Saval. I was like, how am I drawing a blank on his name here? Anyway, at one point, like. Tucker is in charge of the Enterprise, and because uh, Archer and T'Pol are down on Vulcan, it's that three-part arc in the middle. And and at some point he says, like, you know, over my years on Earth, I've grown very fond of humans, and I've grown very fond, especially of Captain Archer. And then and Tucker says, really, you did a pretty good job of hiding it. And Saval goes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's hilarious. It's such a small thing, but it's just Vulcans being hilarious. Oh man, let's go, let's go. He's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, goodness, goodness. Well, I think this has been um, a very this is this has legitimately been a a very 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 funny episode yeah, of Lower but Decks. Th- there's even there's one more there's one more thing that we have to talk there's two more things that I want to talk about in this episode what happens um, so back on the Vulcan science vessel right the captain is like you know you are totally out of control you can't serve on my ship and so Lynn is like you're going to reassign me and send me back to Vulcan he's like no I'm going to assign you to a Starfleet vessel I think your gut feelings your instincts will fit in there well she's like I don't deserve this punishment. Like, going home to work on a Starfleet vessel is punishment. He goes, that is exactly why I am assigning you there. <laughs> and it's Im- it's implied, I think it's implied that she's going to end up on the Cerritos. I think so, too. And then, like, she walks out and she goes, live long and prosper, sir. <laughs> so she's like, like, like she does the beat. Such a... But she knows she's basically, like, trying to do, like, the finger back to him. She's like, live long and prosper, sir. It's such a sarcastic Vulcan it salute. Is. I love it. It is. It was like I when Mariner it. did it in season one. Don't you do that to me. <laughs> I do what I want. And the, Okay. Yes. And then there is like the final No, not, final that's thing. not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about back on the Cerritos at the oh, end of the thing. whole okay. thing, right? Everyone's like, hey, on the next day off, we're not going to try to find bridge buddies. The four of us are just going to hang together. We're going to be friends. We're not going to worry about any of that stuff. And Boimler goes up to the bar, and there's, I guess it's an enlisted person. He looks like he's, like, he doesn't even have a rank. He's just, like, probably, yeah. like, your, you know, your, I don't know, like, seaman second class or whatever they, like, in the real life, whatever, like, you are when you first enlist in the Navy, you know, that lowest rank. This That's what I assume this person is. He's just, like, you know, 18, 19, wild-eyed just enlisted in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, uh, sir, Boy- Mr. Bo- Ensign Boimler, can can you help me? I'm having trouble with my, my duty shifts, and Captain Ransom said you're the person to come to and ask for help. I don't know if I did that voice well or not. I don't was even know amazing. Why I, I well don't even done. know why I tried, because I don't do voices. But there's this little, there's this moment, and like, 
it's really quick and you could miss it where it shoots over to Ransom and Ransom's in the corner and he's like he's like nodding like he knows like he's helping Boimler here and like we've seen Ransom be pretty much a jerk most of the time on this show True but story. I thought this was a really cool this was a really cool moment where like like Ransom did a really good thing here by purposely sending this person over to Boimler so Boimler could like help him and it would help Boimler as well yeah and we were talking about um, just a, a, a few weeks ago you know when all like the, the red shirts were, were coming together to try and help each other with promotion and Boimler like basically says like you know this isn't what it means like to be a leader type of thing and um, and then Ransom you know says like hey good job in the mess hall type of thing so I, th- I think like we're, we're seeing like the very early stages of like some mentoring between Ransom and Boimler, at least I hope we are, uh, yeah. based on like how Boimler responded to the Tendi situation, whether we liked it or not. Um, and then of course with this, like with how Ransom sent, uh, sent this Wesley type of character over to Boimler at the bar. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. So I, I agree. Like, um, less jerkish, which is good. Oh, All right, man. and then there's the last scene I thought, which I assume you want to talk about. Yeah, man. So we 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 have like a different points in the in in this episode, right? Where um, it's it's flashing to a different ship's lower decks, and we get like the very final ship with lower decks, and it's this big old giant Borg cube, Borg cube, lower decks. And then you get this shot of four drones with different colored um, eye things just (laughs) regenerating. And it's like, it's like, it's like, what's going to happen? And we go to the scene and we're all thinking something's going to happen here, right? (laughs) And it's just like, it just goes. And this, I don't know how long it is. It just felt long, this scene. But it was like, and the longer it went, the funnier it got. It's like that Mark Twain quote, like, what is humor? It's like silence. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. I haven't heard that one, no. But he, like, he would, like, Mark Twain would go on stage and he would just be silent. And then eventually people would start laughing. Mm, 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 mm. But it was, it was pretty funny. I didn't, like, nothing happened, but it was like, yep, there's just four board drones with different colored eye things just chilling, regenerating. Just regenerating. That's it. That's the joke. That's the joke. Oh, man. Okay. I I laughed so much in this episode. So, so, so much in this episode. And um, I think um, I think we need to move into um, probably the evaluation piece, unless there's, like, any final comments that you want to make about this before we do that. No. Okay. So let's talk Delta. For, for a second, okay? So for anyone t- tuning in for the first time, the Delta, we, we take a look at how well the different divisions of Starfleet are represented in this particular episode. So we're looking at commands, such as like leadership, um, type of traits coming forth from our characters, um, science, which is kind of self-explanatory, and um, the operations and logistics, like with our um, technology, with the operations of stuff, and just how well that's represented. So Eric, what do you got, man? Well, if I start with command, 
like I'm not sure I see a lot of it on the Cerritos necessarily, but I see it from the other two ships definitely, especially with this Klingon Boimler Mach or whatever his name is. Uh, we'll settle on a pronunciation at some point. Eventually. But like, you know, he, he you know he he gets promoted to the first officer rank, and I feel like there's a tendency sometimes for people to like when they get a promotion or they get close to the person in charge to just like be a yes man right just yes 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 but he immediately sees something that he doesn't think is right and he thinks is without honor and he calls the captain out on it immediately right and and i think this is good this is a person who yeah he doesn't have a lot of experience but he's growing into leadership really quickly and he recognizes something right away and i really i really like that i'm definitely giving command for that and then i also think that the Klingon cap, the Klingon captain, even Artelin, is showing initiative here, which I think goes to command and leadership. Right? She's showing the initiative to work on her project and um, to do things that maybe weren't necessarily assigned to her. That's taking initiative, and I actually think the Klingon captain handles her really well, even though he doesn't. He's like, "Don't take my." Um, don't take my changing course to mean that I'm agreeing with you, but he still understands that, yeah, we have to check this out, even mm-hmm. though I don't agree with you. And I think for him, he is trying to teach her, and he is trying to, instead of just outright punishing her for something, you know, meditation, I feel like, is not like a negative punishment necessarily. Mm-hmm. And then I think that even at the end, he is still realizes that she's done something good here and he doesn't just throw away her project he uses it so i definitely am going to give command all around on those extra two ships i don't know if i see it on the cerritos as much because we're more on our day off there right sure right but i'm definitely i'm giving a full full command for this episode full pip boom i think that's the first all season let's go I mean, I'm going to give a full science. Like, I know that, like, most of the science is just on the Vulcan science ship, but, like, you know, she had a hunch. She followed up. She said, hey, these are anomalous readings. It makes sense to check it out. She, you know, her science project her worked. It was what saved the day. I'm giving full science there. I don't know so much about operations, if I see any there. But I'm definitely full two out of three for command and science. Sure, sure. I think the I'm I'm right there with you when it comes to um, the command. I think we see a really good display of leadership all around in this episode. Um, leadership traits, leadership ideas, leadership theory, whatever we want to call it, um, in this much more than we have. I think the last time I really gave a leadership like command delta out was um was the red shirt discussion um and that was about it just because of how boimler handled himself in dispelling um um, false beliefs about what it means to be in command essentially so i'm right there with you with command same thing with science i think the science i think science and like engineering they go hand in hand with each other a lot of the time um, in Star Trek, at least that's been my experience. Um, so, like, I'm I'm kind of inclined 
with like Talyn and like what she was talking about, like with this like anomaly kind of thing going on, but also like this this thing about like you know restoring like shields and making it more stable and stuff like that. I'm I'm kind of like leaning towards like yeah we were seeing some of like that techno engineering kind of stuff um, with the Vulcans and like how it helped kind of save the day for the most part. Um, so I mean if if there's gonna be anything I think it's I think it's gonna be from the Vulcans. Um, yeah okay all right that's fair. Um, let's move into the numerical rating um, on this. So again uh, we're we're doing a scale of one to ten. One being a dumpster fire, ten being amazing. So, um, since you went first on the Delta, I'll go ahead and, and lead us on this one. Um, I really like this one. I don't want to hide it. I don't want to hide that I really like this episode. Um, is it a ten for me? No, it's not a ten. So I'm going to put that out there right now. Um, is it really good? Yeah, I think it's really good. I think this is probably so far the best episode of the season. I, I, I said it all out there in listener land have heard it um which took a lot for me considering like um what was it i think was it embarrassment of duplers was my highest rated one so far i yeah, think i think so yeah so for this because we're seeing a lot of the star trek formula because the jokes landed so stinking well because i had a great time watching it um they it felt it it really just it was just good Trek. It was just, just good entertainment. Good, not just good Trek, but just good entertainment. So for me, this might be kind of high, but I'm going with like, um, what am I going with? An 8-8 eight, eight on this one. I really like this episode. All right. Yeah, that 8-8, eight, eight, that's a really high rating. All that's, right, Eric. No really pressure. Good. All right, no pressure. So I think it's I think it's no surprise after you've been listening to this that I really enjoyed this episode too. Um, I am a lot more interested in talking about this episode than I have been in the past. Like last week's episode, I excrement. I just I hated it. Right? I don't want to watch that episode ever again. I was really down on it, and I've been down on some of the things that have happened in this season, mainly like the the sex humor. Like not I, yeah. like I said this last week, I'm not a prude, but I just don't think I think time and place and some of the things have just been really out of place. And I think there are a lot of like there was none of that in this episode. Nothing was out of place. Nothing didn't fit. It's amazing how we don't have to do sex jokes to have good jokes and have it work. And I just think all of the jokes in this episode landed. They all landed every single one of them mm-hmm. and it it felt like a star trek episode it just felt like classic day off but then something goes wrong and we have to spring into action and i, I yep. feel like you could easily make this of a, a, it probably would be better if it was a 45 minute episode right because then you wouldn't have i would you wouldn't have to feel rushed and i could easily see this as a tng episode absolutely or any other series for that matter. Sure. But I think I think TNG fits mostly because then you can get all of these di- these particular alien races together. Um, and it was like I 
legitimately was looking forward to watching this episode a second time, right? I came home on Thursday night and I watched it and I was like really excited to watch it again, which is something I haven't felt about mm-hmm. this show. Like I've watched a couple of the episodes twice, but it was more like, well, I feel like I have to if I'm going to come on and talk about <laughs> it, right? Sure. And so I was legitimately excited for this and I, I haven't felt that at all uh, throughout in the entire two seasons of Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to go a step further than you, Chase. This, oh, is the best e- this is the best episode of Star Trek Lower Decks ever. I think I think this is the best it's ever been. Better than No Small Parts from the first season, which up until now has been, I think, the best episode ever. This sure. is just a... It's a great episode. And this this episode fully delivers on the premise of this show right the lower deckers right and this is the way it can continue continue this all the jokes worked the premise worked everything worked in this episode and this is a nine this is a a, i'm gonna give it a 9.0 best episode of star trek lower decks ever ever wow you outdid me dude that's what i said ready you ready to be surprised I started that all off. <laughs> Eric, Eric, do you do you have a fever? Do you have COVID or no, anything? No, I am, I am one hundred percent lucid right now. You don't, you don't have like that that weird funky, like nope. disease from like naked time, naked now, do you? Nope, and no brain parasites, nothing. I am it is perfect, mm-hmm. and and like, even more like, there were so many little Easter eggs in this in this episode where I felt like, in the past they've been put in there and if you weren't familiar with star trek i don't think they necessarily work like the strange energies episode at the beginning i don't think works unless you've seen like where no man or um where no man has gone before like mm-hmm. the armist jo- the armist joke like like who's armist like i don't know who that is like that doesn't work you know i don't I, as much as i liked the jeffrey combs and his Was it um, Argus? Something. Agris? It started with an A, right? But as much as I like that joke and putting him in the Daystrom Institute with all those other, like, supercomputers that have world domination, right? That mm-hmm. that joke doesn't work as well if you're not familiar with Star Trek. But right. I think everything in this episode works even if you're not familiar. Like, we didn't even talk about it, but, like, when the the Klingon commander they're they're talking and they're saying Agamus oh, Agamus I'm sorry okay but like they're talking and they're like other Klingons had tried to destabilize peace before and it didn't work like that's clearly a reference to Star Trek six which mm-hmm. is the best Star Trek movie in my opinion and then he's like cry havoc and let's slip the dogs of war great Shakespeare reference in there right we got to get one of those in here which is obviously what you know general chang says in star trek six but like you don't need to have seen that for that for that scene that line to work it works on its own and i think some of the things haven't worked on their own in the past but this episode just works right like and and we'll need to talk about this when we do like um a retrospective i don't think like now is necessarily the right time but you know, when, when, we're, when we talk about, like, a new Star Trek show, you know, and, and we've talked about this many, many, many times, but we want 
it to be um, accessible to, to fans, like where you don't have to have like 55 years of knowledge to be able to understand a joke, right? Um, like whether you, you like or dislike Disco, or D- Discovery, you know, whether you like or dislike Picard or Lower Decks or, you know, whatever it's, the case is going to be with Prodigy, you know, it should stand on its own. And, and what you're saying, Eric, is like, not only do the jokes work, you know, and like, even like some of like the Easter egg, like statements work, but like they work independent of knowing what the reference is, which, which again, that, that, that's a breath of fresh air. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And, and we'll, we'll talk about like tentpole, um, type stuff. Um, again, later on when we do like a retrospective of this show or whatever. So but yeah, great episode. Great episode. Right. right. I, I mean, I hope we can keep this up one more episode. Right? <laughs> right. I hope we can keep it up. So, all right. Well, um, before we before the, we get out of here, I mentioned at the beginning how I did another poll on, um, on our Twitter account. And um, with this, um, here's the question. If you had to serve on one Star Trek ship, which captain would it be under? And the choices were, because I only get four choices on Twitter. Uh, so I went with um, Kirk's Enterprise, Picard's Enterprise, uh, Voyager with Janeway, and the Defiant with Cisco. And I'm going to eventually do another one with more ships. Um, but what, which one do you think got the, the highest uh, rank or highest vote on this? I mean, I would guess it would be Picard's Enterprise just because it is the Hilton in space and there are, <laughs> right? Like, and there, it just feels like a luxury liner rather sure. than, than I, I mean, I'm, listen, as much as I love, Voyager was in there, right? Yeah. As much as I love Voyager, that's dead last on my, on my, because I don't want to be stuck 70 years away with these same people and no chance to ever get away from them (laughs) like i mean that's a nightmare for an (laughs) introvert like me (laughs) that's a nightmare all right so your your vote is is what uh picard's enterprise picard's enterprise okay very good all right so uh we had uh we did not have 925 votes on this one we had 30 uh, (laughs) which is fine uh, so with 53% of the vote, we had Picard's Enterprise. Yeah, that's a pretty safe guess. Okay. What do you think was in second place? Just take take a guess. Well, like, also, like, the Defiant is a warship, right? Like, how many of our listeners really want to serve on a warship? I don't with, know, like, but... cramped quarters. Like, so I've like, got... What, three I, decks. I think it's like three decks, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's not a very big ship. And it's a warship. There's no science. Like, there was, like, Bashir was, like, what is laughingly called a medical bay. I mean, so I guess it would be Kirk's Kirk's Enterprise. So it was actually very close, by the way. Second place went to um, Janeway in the Voyager uh, with 20% of the vote. God, that, 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 for me, that's my worst nightmare. Being stuck with those same people and no chance to get away. So Kirk's Kirk's Enterprise came in with seventeen percent of the vote, and Cisco's Defiant with ten percent of the vote. So I'm not surprised that the Defiant is last. There we go. So there will there. Our listeners don't strike me as people who want to serve on a warship. 
No, no. I, I mean, honestly, I would go with um, Picard's as well. Um, there's going to be another another um, like ship serving question that I'm going to be doing um, on Twitter. So if you are listening, um, you know, right now, go go to our Twitter at um, trtvpod on Twitter, and um, you'll just do do a little votey vote um, for the next set of ships, which is going to be, um, I think, well, I'm probably going to do like um, 2005 onward type of thing so um since i only get four it'll probably be um the nx01 with archer uh we'll do the la serena with um with rios right um the cerritos with freeman and um what am i forgetting the, the discovery and the discovery yeah that one under too. which captain um i'm just definitely gonna put in parentheses not, definitely not Lorca. I'm just going to put all the captains. <laughs> okay, definitely not Lorca. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we'll do those, and we'll, we'll come back next time, um, and we'll talk about that. And, um, anyway, Eric, be thinking about which one you want to serve under. Um, okay. My guess is Discovery, because they go in and out of the mirror universe so much that you would yeah. just yeah, relish that opportunity. Relish it. <laughs> With mustard. Mm. All right. Well, Eric, as always, thank you for, for joining me for this. I'm glad we got to, um, you know, laugh our butts off just talking about this and just telling you love someone and cling on, you know, because why not? Anyway, dear listeners, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, but remember that the conversation doesn't end here. We would love, 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 love to um, hear uh, your thoughts on this episode. So, um you know, get in contact with us. Leave us a note um, through our website, trtvpod.com. Check out the Hailing Frequencies page there. Um, you can leave your comments there. You can also get in contact with us through all the socials, at trtvpod. Um, that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, if you have an idea for us, just let us know. By the way, I don't know if you all know this, but we're coming up on our two-year anniversary of, um, of voyaging together. So uh, we'll have a special two-year um um, episode coming out here uh, pretty soon um, but anyways if you do want to get in contact with us trtvpod at gmail.com uh, you can also send us a voice only transmission to 817-752-4757 remember there's a three minute time limit and your comments may be used on a future episode uh, please say it in English because I'm not too fluent in, um, in Klingon as you probably can tell uh, other than that if you want to mail us something like a data pad with how to um you know, make the shield stronger to restore them or, you know, sneakers and a jogging suit. You can do that. Make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. And as we leave here, you always remember to boldly go and make it so. Mm-hmm.